Hello, and welcome to Meandering with Myrn, a potpourri of podcast by me, veterinary ethologist Myrn Milani. Join me as I ponder any and all things animal and human, what we know and what we don't, where we've been, where we are, and where we're headed. What do naked mole rats, dogs, and cats have in common? Many people most likely would say, not a darn thing. However, there are others like myself who enjoy learning about their similarities, even amidst all their differences. Admittedly, domestic dogs and cats aren't mouse-sized creatures like naked mole rats who spend their lives underground. Unlike our dogs and cats, they have very poor hearing, although they are sensitive to vibrations. They're also blind, which makes sense because they live in total darkness, unlike our dogs and cats. They tolerate and thrive in tunnels with low oxygen and high carbon monoxide levels that would be fatal to dogs and cats. However, they can't maintain their own body heat like our dogs and cats can. Consequently, venturing outside of their normal climate-controlled environments, such as it is, isn't without considerable risks. At the same time, though, it's possible to see similarities between some of the seemingly totally unique naked mole rats' behaviors and those of other animals, including dogs and cats. Because naked mole rats live in labor-intense colonies that contain an average population of 300 individuals and one queen, it's no surprise that the two-phased hormone, oxytocin, plays an especially important role in their physiology and behavior. While often associated with maternal offspring behavior, oxytocin also supports other kinds of social, cooperative, and not-so-cooperative behavior. So while dogs and cats living in more social settings do display these kinds of oxytocin-supported behaviors, the extreme physical conditions under which the naked mole rats live and their perceptual difference may cause these behaviors to manifest in different ways. Oxytocin also supports the naked mole rat's extreme xenophobia. Xenophobia is the fear or hatred of anyone or anything perceived as strange or foreign. Those in other forms of behavioral research may refer to this as neophobia. In naked mole rats, xenophobia manifests as brutal attacks on members of other colonies or anyone or anything perceived as an outsider in their tunnels. This makes sense because it takes a lot of time and energy to dig and maintain an extensive network of burrows and protect it and its occupants. For blind animals with minimal hearing living in a pitch-black environment, 
anyone or anything that shouldn't be there poses a risk to the entire group. Xenophobia also may occur in some dogs and cats. Like the naked mole rats, these animals also will mount high-energy offensive or defensive displays toward anyone or anything they perceive as violating their territory. Though we more often see this behavior in feral or wild dogs and cats, some timid and fearful companion animals who must assume protective roles beyond their capacity may react similarly. But while we may accept the viciousness of the naked mole rat's xenophobic responses as normal under their circumstances, we rarely accept it when our own or our neighbor's dogs and cats display similar behaviors in our homes or yards. Still, that the naked mole rat who evolved to live in extreme environments so different from our homes would share behaviors or even mere shadows of behaviors with our dogs and cats isn't as bizarre as it superficially may appear. When nature figures out a solution that works in one species, perhaps via thousands of years of evolution, why not adapt it to meet the needs of other species instead of starting over from scratch? And while we may feel sorry for or repulsed by these rather unattractive naked mole rats that live in environments our dogs and cats could never survive, naked mole rats do possess two qualities many of us happily would claim for our pets. Naked mole rats may live for more than 30 years. Sadly, the only dog to almost match that lifespan was a dog named Bluey who lived to the ripe old age of 29 years and 5 months. A few cats can match and even beat the naked mole rat's lifespan. According to record books, the top owner goes to a cat named Greenpuff who lived for 38 years and 3 days. Perhaps we should pay more attention to what we can learn from these animals and their owners, too. It's this realization that mole rats, whose lives are so different in terms of physiology and environment, may share similarities with our dogs and cats, that causes me to take note whenever reports of naked mole rat studies show up in my mailbox. While I find all of these fascinating, the latest naked mole rat behavior reported in the scientific literature struck me as especially relevant in this era of rescue transport animals. Naked mole rat communications are relative to their colonies. Put another way, the naked mole rats in colony A may speak a different dialect than the naked mole rats in colony B. That these regional variations in dialects 
that distinguish the same communication of animals living in one area from those living in another has long been known. But to us at least, these probably aren't as obvious as the difference in speech between human natives of the Deep South and those from down East Maine. But could such different dialects occur in canine and feline population living in close proximity to those people? If so, could these differences create problems for those animals if they were moved to different geographic locations? Could this add to the stress of assimilation? It seems possible and even likely, but I don't recall ever reading any studies about this. If these differences do exist, I suspect that most people believe they don't matter, or if they do, that the animals making the transitions and those living in the homes in which they're placed somehow will figure it out for themselves. And no doubt some of those animals will succeed and others won't. Perhaps if we were more mindful of this aspect of rescue transport, we could do more to address it. You've been listening to a podcast by veterinary ethologist Myrna Milani. For more podcasts, commentaries, and books about animal behavior and the human-animal bond, and links to behavior and bond sites, check out my website at www.mmilani.com. For more specific information, feel free to email me at mm.mmilani.com. All rights related to the content of these podcasts are retained by Myrna Milani. The background music, Molly on the Shore by Percy Granger, is used with permission from Katova Arts, www.katova.com. <laughs>